as Dale mentioned it at prayer time, you know, it is. It's a, this is a, a very, uh, this is a time in our lives where things are changing very rapidly. And um, it sure seems like nothing can be done about what we see going on. In fact, as I think about this, um, this message this morning, uh, in communicating this message, it quickly just puts us in a very small minority. Do you understand? It puts us, if you believe what we're going to be talking about here in the Bible, if you believe it, it puts us in a very, very small minority now. Whereas 20, 30 years ago, it wasn't the case really. So all of a sudden, things have changed in a radically... Uh, quick way um, regarding the morals of our country regarding where we're going and, and where the where the ship is is uh, headed here called the United States of America so it, it is a very um, interesting uh, challenging time and I, I think it would be wise for us to say don't give up don't just let it fly and say, ah, it doesn't matter anymore. We, we need to remember, and I'm, I'm not really good at this, I've got to remember to pray for our leadership in Washington, D.C. I think it's really easy to get in the complaint chair and just grumble, and maybe rightly so grumble. But it doesn't do a whole lot of good. We've got to remember... God tells us to pray. Pray for what's going on. Pray for our leaders. Pray that God's uh, work would be happening there in Washington, D.C. and here in our state, in Nevada. Thankful for leadership, uh, you know, here in, in Fallon, in our city, um, in the county. But we have a situation that we've been dealing with. If you're here visiting, um, we've been studying in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we've come upon chapter 4. So if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's page 1202 on my Bible, but I don't know what it is on yours. Sorry. Okay. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're dealing with this series, a little mini-series within the study of 1 Thessalonians called A Plea for Personal Purity. And we're on part three here this morning. Next week, Pastor Brennan will wrap it up with the final uh, message on this passage. And then the following Sunday, um, Amun Sharon, our brother Amun, will be here and he'll be preaching uh, in the pulp uh, for us uh, here at Parkside two weeks from now. We look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And let me just mention this. This is directed to you who say that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. It starts in verse 1 in chapter 4 saying, Finally, brethren, it's about Christian living. It's about how you, Christian, need to live. And he says, 
uh, in verse 3, this is God's will, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own body in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. So we talked about that last week, and now we come upon verse 6. And that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. Now, this is God's word. This is God's word to us. And in God's word is revealed God's will as to how you and I as Christians ought to live. And we would have to keep in mind that people that say they're not believers, they're not expected to cover this. They're not believers. They're going to be like the Gentiles. Okay? The Gentiles meaning those who are godless those who do not follow Jesus Christ. And so, you can see in your outline, if you have your bulletin with you, you can pull out the outline and and follow along with it. Last week we covered, it's a viewpoint, a mindset that you must capture. Capture for Christ. A vessel or a body to control. You've got a body, and God's Word, Christian, says You need to control your body. And it's through what you have captured in your mind. Right? That's the step. It's how you think and now how you live and conduct yourself and thus a vessel to control. Then finally, number three, the point was a a virtue to champion. This virtue of purity, that we champion it. It's good. God is holy. We've sung about it. And we want to follow in his footsteps to say, this is holiness in action in my life and in your life. And today we come upon verse 6 that points out, number 4, a vengeance to calculate. Oh, a vengeance. Interesting here. Very interesting. A vengeance that we calculate. Now listen. The idea of calculating means you reckon it so. You, you figure this is factual. Not maybe, but it's factual. You reckon it as so. And so, here we go in our study. Verse 6. That no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter because the Lord is an avenger. The word the... That article, that's not there. That, that's why you see it in italics in some of your Bibles. It's added in. But the Lord is avenger of these things. So, it, yeah, it kind of sounds like, boy, we're going to go on a, on a rant and a rave here to, this morning about negative stuff. But really, I want you to understand under letter A, number four, letter A, how God protects This is really about how God protects you and I. That's what he wants to do. 
A lot of times we come forth, you know, it, it, the old school is, oh, you, you Christians, you're all so negative and you, you don't, you limit so many things. You don't have much fun. It's because of all those commandments. Right? You don't, you just don't have any fun. <laughs> well, it's really more about here's how God will protect you. It's through divine prohibitions. Right? It's, it, it's through prohibitions that He protects you. Wouldn't you like to be protected in the time of storm? How'd you like to be back east coast with, you know, Nemo falling down upon you, this, this snowstorm with no protection? That's not, uh, it's not very fun. Yeah, you get your challenges up on, on the Klondike kind of thing, you know, but you got some protection. Well, God lays it out here, first of all, that no man transgress. That's the first one. And then the second one, that no one defraud his brother. First of all, no, that no man transgress or go beyond or cross over a clear-cut boundary. If you have, you've crossed over and you've violated something. It's talking about a law that you've crossed over. That's the idea behind the word to transgress. You've crossed over a law, a line, and and thus transgressed a law. And so he's saying that no one... Now, again, remember, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to you, Christian, that you wouldn't cross over this line of this law given by God. And that secondly, no one defraud his brother. A lot of times we think of that in financial terms. Someone got defrauded. And it was over the internet or whatever. And you lost some money because they cheated you out. And that's the idea behind the word defraud. To have uh, more is the word, what the word means. Or to take advantage of or to cheat or to steal. To take what rightfully belongs to another. So this is done against a person. Transgress is done against a law. Defraud is you've done it against a person. Guys, especially young guys, um, you can defraud a girl. And that's what this passage is about. Young boys, get it in your minds now. Young men, have it in your minds now about not defrauding another. What, What does that mean? Where it might mean where it's a guy taking advantage of a girl. How? Well, not just physically, but emotionally. Here's where girls, uh, their, their little clock ticks in that way. That's their chemistry. I've met a guy. And it's an emotional thing. Right? But see, we understand that, but you know what? It happens a whole lot in our lives where a guy will take advantage of a girl in that way so that he can kind of go on down the road with her for more. Please, girls, recognize that. Ask God for wisdom if you're wanting to stay pure. You want to stay pure in your life? You know what? Listen. You can't stay pure. Guys, 
you can't stay pure. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. Each one of you in this room, you need Jesus. And he accomplished it at Calvary. That's where it all came down. That's where it happened. Where he established his holiness. And he calls you to have faith in him. Trust in him. And from that flows strength for the day. Hope for tomorrow. Right? But listen, we get back to this topic here. Guys, you can defraud a girl. You can cheat on her. You can take advantage of her. And a lot of times what ends up happening is uh, you break someone's heart, right? That's what happens. And it's like, eh, no big deal to me. I got what I wanted. But see, that's impure thinking and impure conduct then. And oh, yes, girls, you can defraud a guy. You can defraud a guy whether it's intentional or unintentional. And a lot of times it's simply by the way you dress. We have long lost out on modesty. We rarely see it, it seems like. And it it comes up all sorts of times. And so what's happening is The girl just starts figuring, well, this is the way everyone else dresses. Maybe that's the way. Or I want to dress that way. I want to show off my body. I want to dangle, you know, this thought and this temptation in front of me. I want to show how cool I am, whatever it is. And there's a great tendency then for our, with, here's our culture. Here's, here's the ways that the culture flows, and you flow right with it. Lacking modesty is just one way. Now, either male or female, and I'm, I have to say, it's not just to younger people in our congregation or those that are hearing this, but all of us, we can defraud each other, male and female defrauding each other by what you talk about or by how you talk about it and nonverbal communication that sends a message. And you know what? In our junior high, even elementary age, are on to this junior high level, high school level. It's, it's, hey, it's nothing new. (laughs) Everyone does it. This kind of a language, this kind of a statement from the Bible is totally foreign language. I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to get what I want to get. And it's regarding sex. And we've dealt with this in the previous weeks about how it's just so prevalent. Every which way you look, it's there. So through... This warning, no man should transgress. Christian, don't transgress God's law. And the only way you can do that is keep close to Jesus. 
draw near to Jesus. Uh, speak the gospel to yourself. You need to hear the gospel because that's where grace abounds. It's not about you having the effort to, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just show everybody. I'll do it. No, that's getting into showing that you're accomplishing something. Moralism. And we need to remember we walk with Jesus. We don't walk with our traditions or our effort. We walk with Jesus. That's speaking the gospel to yourself. Bringing forth the fact that He died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And then He was buried. And then He rose again three days later. And He's claimed the victory that you and I can stand in. Okay? So, through this warning we see that God has extended His grace, right? That's the issue of His protection. God has extended His grace. You can fill that in there. Mark, the, we've talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Keep your finger in 1 Thessalonians and turn back to, back through Colossians and Ephesians and Galatians 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We've mentioned it in the past. I want to have you look at it with your own eyes. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9. Or do you not know, he's talking to Christians, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now he details it out. Follow along. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. That's really what Paul's talking about in 1 Thessalonians 4. Adultery. Nor effeminate. Another word for what? Homosexual. Okay? Nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. <laughs> you know what? All of us are in that categorization. All of us, we're in that categorization. But, verse 11, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. We must keep this in mind. Um, it's not like you can just remove yourself from that list. Say, hey, I, I, oh, I'm not a part of that anymore. You have to remind yourself, but such was I. I was like that. Okay? And now... So there, here's our position. We've been sanctified. We've been justified as believers in Jesus Christ. So if you've not put your faith in Christ, you've not yet been sanctified or justified. You are still holding on to your own sin. You are guilty. And you stand condemned before God. But through faith in Jesus Christ, you can be released. You can be pardoned. You can be forgiven. And it's a great joy. Have you been? 
You need to make sure because there will come a day when you stand before God. Will you try and give an explanation of how you attempted to live a righteous life? Or will you call out on the name of Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? That's what's supposed to happen here in this life. To call out on on the name of Jesus Christ through faith in Him. Please, don't delay in doing that. Do that today. Call upon the name of the Lord. Now, with that in mind, turn now to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. This is not going to get a little... We're not going to get easier here. It's going to get more challenging. Because here's what the Word of God tells us regarding if we transgress, if we defraud another. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting at verse 16. It says this, If anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in, in this name. Folks, that's what ought to be happening as, as we see the culture pulling things in its direction. That's where we ought to be. Saying, I'm going to glorify God and I might suffer, but I will glorify God in this. Look at the very next verse. Tough times come. What does he say? For it is time for judgment to begin where? With the household of God. Whoa, 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 what? Wait, wait, time out here. That's not supposed to be the case. God's supposed to go get the heathens, the pagans. Let that sink in. It's time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not, what does it say? Obey the gospel of God. It doesn't say those who accepted Jesus. It says those who obey the gospel of God. How do you obey? You say, I, I mess up every day. Do you mess up every day on obedience? See, that's why we come back to say, preach the gospel to yourself. Live in that realm. Because I disobey. You disobey. I need the help of the Lord Jesus and His Spirit within me to walk in obedience. And you do too. Every day! I need Thee every hour. Most precious Lord, I need Thee every hour. Jesus said, you can do nothing unless you abide in Me. Abide means right now. And the next moment. And the next moment. Abide in Christ. If you say you're a believer, there's where we go. Now, Hebrews chapter 12. Go back the other direction. Go through 1 Peter. Go through James to Hebrews chapter 12. It's not only that judgment starts in the household of God. Here's the reference that tells us about how God, as a loving father, will discipline his children. We will not have the, the long line of old guys coming up and talking about how their dad used to whoop them when they got in, you know, in a bad way. It's, that's, the, that's the way it used to be. But no, no, no more. You know, we don't want to hurt their little 
tender selves. We might damage their their self-esteem or something when we spank them or do whatever to discipline them. And thus we have problems. Because children learn to play the game of who's in control. And there's plenty of examples of that where children get to manipulating the whole situation against mom or dad. That's why mom and dad, you guys need to be tight together with Jesus. That's what marriage is about. Okay? You and your spouse and Jesus together. A strand of three cords. Right? Hebrews 12, verse 4 says... You've not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood and you're striving against sin. That's what we're supposed to be doing is fighting sin and fighting for for good things, fighting for for more grace and and more faith in our lives, right? Verse 5, And you've forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by Him. For those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines, and He scourges every son whom He receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with children. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? That's the given. And so it is. If you are not, in verse 8, if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they, our fathers, they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. But He disciplines us for our good. Why? So that we may share His holiness. There's the connection to 1 Thessalonians 4. This is the will of God for your life. Your sanctification. Grow in holiness. Keep choosing holiness and purity for your life. And remember, it starts here. It starts in what input you have in your mind and your thinking. In your think tank. Garbage in, garbage out. That's what we taught the kids in our little VBS songs, right? So remember, from last week, mentioned uh, Jerry Bridges and what he told us about. He said, Christian, you're to be dependently responsible to these divine prohibitions. And he's enabled you to do this because of his divine sacrifice on your behalf. You walk trusting God today, through the rest of this day, through each day this week. Just trust Him. Say, God, I need your help to obey you. Okay, back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 6. Now, we've talked about how God protects. It's through, He's exhibited His grace, right? And this is how He protects us. And here's divine prohibitions. But now we see how, in letter B, how God punishes. Now, I I just still have a hard time throwing words out like this because we're so used to saying, oh, God loves you. 
Yes, He loves you. And we just read Hebrews 12 to say, as a father loves his children, so God will discipline His children. And God, letter B, it's about how God punishes. And this is where God will exercise His judgments. And Paul describes God in this verse as an avenger. You guys have seen the movie, The Avengers? Ta-da! You know, all those cool outfits. I want one. (laughs) And it is. We, We love a hero. But you know what? This kind of hero is totally different. And again, who is he talking to? Christians. He's talking to Christians You say you believe, so here you go. Do not transgress. Do not defraud your brother. Why? 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 Because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. An avenger, the word refers to someone who sets right the wrong. One who administers justice. Mark down Psalm 99 verse 8. Romans chapter 13 verse 4. Romans 13 verse 4 talks about those who are in government. And, and especially like law officials, law authorities. They've got the sword for a reason. Why? To deal with evil. To deal with evil. God will take action upon His children. His steps of action are not necessarily spelled out here. But think of the results of... What's our context? Think of the results of sexual sin. What happens? Broken hearts, broken lives, broken trust within a family. Hurt and bitter relationships leads to divorce. Miserable kind of living. And can lead to financial instability. Can lead to someone losing their job. It can lead to disease where people's very lives are threatened because of disease. And look at 1 Corinthians 11. Look at it. Turn there. If you don't have a Bible, please listen. 1 Corinthians 11. This is the passage on the the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 29. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. In other words, I as a believer, individual believer, you as an individual believer need to examine our hearts and judge ourselves regarding sin. Okay? That might be on a surfacey level with just doubt and worry. That might be on a deeper level regarding sexual addiction. Whatever. All sorts of areas pop up there. For this reason, look at verse 30. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. That's referring to dying. Being taken in death. God doing that. And if that shatters your idea of what God's like, then your idea of God has not been built on Scripture truth. You've got to understand... Our society, our Christian society, has painted God 
in a loving way, which is fine. But somehow, some way, some of the issues of judgment and holiness and purity get pushed aside. The wrath of God, oh yeah, that's against sinners. But here in this morning's time, we see, you know what? Judgment starts where? The house of God. So, verse 32 in, in that passage says, But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord, so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Do you see how it connects? And that's what Paul is saying in 1 Thessalonians 4. That we don't get identified like a godless Gentile, a pagan, by our behavior. God is the judge. God has every right to respond in this way. It's His world. And this ought to cause us to walk in fear. I mean that in this way. Fear the Lord. The whole book of Proverbs is that is laid out like that. Fear the Lord. You want to be wise? Fear the Lord. You recognize that He's there when no one else is looking. God's there. So, at the same time, we give hope that He will bring forth justice for all the injustices. Listen, marriage is God's idea. Marriage is God's design. And thus, it's important that we keep that definition and and help people to know. That's what the Bible says is about... It's, it's one man, one woman, together with one Lord and Savior, Jesus. That's marriage. Now, I know that some of you have. You've, your lives have been hurt through... Here's the problem of divorce. I understand that. And that happens. And you know of God's restoration in your life. You know that. And that's what you continue to cling to is God's grace, God's help. Okay. Listen. We move on to this phrase, in the matter. Verse 6, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 6 says, Let no one transgress or defraud his brother. Look at this. In the matter. And then he says it again. Because the Lord is the avenger in all these things. He's referring back to this contextual subject of sexual sin. Sexual immorality is what undermines God's design for marriage. That's why in our lifetime and here in this country, we see the demise of marriage. It's like you can sign up and then sign off. It's that easy. So, no, don't sweat it out. I had someone very close to me in my life, still do, your friend who asked me before he got married, is it okay to divorce? It was almost like, was he kind of laying that out first, that this is okay? You know, I, I might want a divorce. So is, it, is it okay? And, and there's, listen, there's a misunderstanding of, of what true love is about. And it's about commitment and sacrifice. Yes, about compassion. Yes, about care and intimacy. 
but we see it. I don't have to go down that rabbit trail very long. We see the demise of marriage. And it's been redefined. And once it's redefined, it will continue to be redefined for the next generation. For some other reason. Other than same-sex marriage. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. Why not? Hey, I want a, two or three or four wives. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, we, we joke about that, but you know what? Why not? If we, if our country goes with same-sex marriage, then why not adding more to it? We, do, we redefined it once. Let's redefine it again. We've got a new interest group. Let's go for it. Dr. Albert Moeller is one of the country's most effective communicators or watchmen regarding Christian uh, thinking and regarding what's going on in our country. If you'll remember that name, Dr. Albert Moeller, he's got a great uh, website that he writes about it. And I've got plenty of articles right here with me about what he said regarding this issue of why do we need marriage? Like, big deal. And he goes through it and explains. It's, it's excellent material. Leading the way for this demise of marriage is a number of things. Adultery, fornication, and homosexuality. Those issues is what really leads the way to undermining the whole idea of marriage. And I add these aspects of because the passage that we're dealing with is talking about sexual immorality. That's an umbrella kind of a statement or phrase, I should say. It's a, a big umbrella phrase when he lists sexual immorality. Then he goes on at the end of verse 6 and he says, in all these things, turn to Romans chapter 1. I'm sorry, I, I want, I, I'm just going to, I want to plow through this with you folks. This is critical. And you might be thinking, hey, I've heard this. Okay, stay with me. Stay with me. Romans chapter 1, verse 26, 27. For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men, committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due, what? Penalty of their error. Now, what I'm not trying to do here this morning is, you know, stir up the pot for all of us to go condemn homosexuals. Because you know why? You're in the same passage. Back up to verse 24. Therefore, I'm sorry, we need to go back to verse 22. Professing to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man. What is that? That's idolatry. 
That's where things get started, my friend. You, you and I allow idolatry to start building up in our lives. And the next thing we do is we want to go after what we want for ourselves. The selfish agenda. Now, verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. See, we've not just got something against saying, here's homosexuals. We've got something against our very selves with all the lust that can come forth regarding heterosexual relationships. That's what's also a part of the mix. But see, it's real easy to point the finger at the homosexual crowd because they're really weird. They're really sinful. And a lot of times, the very people that can be condemning the homosexual groups are allowing sexual immorality to rule in their lives at home in a heterosexual way. What about being molested? What about being raped? What about incest? What about pedophilia? And the one that we really just don't even know about because it's really not in the mix is bestiality. That's where it gets really weird. But folks, these are issues that we can't just ignore. And some of you have been molested. Some of you have been raped. And we just don't talk about it because it's embarrassing, it's hurtful, it's painful. And it's destroyed a life. And how did it get started? Sexual immorality went unchecked. And so sexual sins are committed against the law of God. And sexual sins steal from others. Steals from both the person that you engage with and their spouse or someone in their family. Pain and damage all over the place. And this is what this passage is coming to say. No one escapes the pain of these choices. No one does. Because God is an avenger of these things. Listen, God does not treat this lightly. Do I? Do you? Do you treat it lightly? I mean, we, we've gotten to the point where we've just figured, oh, there, there it's on that sitcom TV show. Ha, ha, ha. And we kind of chuckle at stuff because it's conditioned us. We've been conditioned to just accept it. This is what's on TV. This is what we see on the Internet. This is what we see in magazines. But God is serious, and God intends for His children to 1 Thessalonians 4, walk and please God in their lives. There's your conduct. To be in His will. And that will is to abstain from sexual immorality.
as we close, I, I got to close this up. I know I've gone over. I, I want to talk to you. Dads, I want to talk to you. No matter how old you are, <laughs> because you know what? This kind of topic comes back to you, Dad, comes back to me. So much of this can be avoided by Dad's involvement. Dad's continual involvement. It's called discipling. You are to disciple your children in these ways. Ask them questions. Find out what's going on. Without being a nag, but do your best, Dad, to be a part of it. And as you lead your children and teach them about these things, here's the thing. Your daughter needs to hear you say that you love her Your daughter needs to see it. Your son needs to see it. Not just hear about it like this ranting, raving preacher up here. (laughs) Your daughter needs to hear you compliment her. Your son needs you to help him be built up as a man, not a wimp. I'll take a spiritual wimp. Okay. Because we are. We're spiritual. Spiritually. Yeah. We need help there. And your children need to see you loving, protecting, and adoring their mom. Okay. And even as they have flown out of the nest and they're all gone. You know, you could say to your kids, don't call me now. I'm on a date with my wife, your mom. (laughs) Something like that. Right? See, God intends for his children to walk and please him, to be in his will, just like Daniel. Daniel. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself, and that's regarding diet. Yes, that's regarding food. But that's what we take into our thinking as we translate that into our lives. And also, like Job, Job chapter 31, he made a covenant with his eyes that he would not look on a virgin, not gaze at her is the idea. What about Samson? Wow. You know what? I'm not really studied up on it, but I just wonder what the plucking out of his eyes was significant for. Samson was a a man of the town. You know, he'd travel around. He'd see someone and he'd say, hey, I want her. I want her. Delilah, I want her. So, the idea is not to be like Samson who couldn't control his eyes and ended up losing them. These stories are here for us to grow in, trusting in God more and more, leaning on Jesus Christ in our lives. God promises His eventual avengership. He promises His eventual intervention for why? 
His name's sake, His glory. So think on this as we go today. What will you resolve regarding this? What is your resolution? We need God's help each step of the way. And so we want to honor Him and fear Him. Holiness means living your life in love, not lust, in fear, not folly. I had too many years in my life in folly and in lust. And so I, I throw out this, here it is. I, I'm not going to avoid this passage that says God's the avenger. It'd be real easy to sidestep it. But I'm not going to. Because of the damage it can do when we avoid it. And young people, you will save yourself all sorts of trouble simply by saying, God, please teach me. God, I want to hunger and thirst after your righteousness in my life. Young men, that's why we add, here's the issue of God in the equation. And he's just not one of the many God needs to rule in it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of, oh, I feel good about this. Not the kingdom of, here's our, 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 the cause of our country. Not the, the cause of everyone being heterosexual. We'd like that. That's what God's pattern is. But for the glory of God. That Jesus Christ would be honored. That's what He desires. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, please have mercy upon us. Our hearts are prone to wander. Our hearts are prone to evil. Our hearts are prone to set up ourselves as the king and the court. Forgive us, Lord, for our rebellion against you and lead us into the way everlasting. Lead us into trusting in you and your grace. Lead us to live for Jesus and to love Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that accomplished it all perfectly. You you said it numerous times, dear Lord. This is my beloved son. Hear him. And Lord, we want to hear from Jesus today as we go through the rest of this day. Bringing to mind your truth and your good word. Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.